Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the live. We'll give everyone a chance to get on. So as you're joining, please like and share this with your friends or on your YouTube channel or on your Twitter feed, whatever platform that you're watching us or listening to us by. Please like and share. Just one more minute, get a few more people on, and then we'll get it going. I uh, pray and trust that you've had a great weekend and praying for a prosperous new week. All right, well, <clears throat> let's get going here. First of all, I want to say, once again, welcome to the life where we're changing the world by serving others. Our goal is to open up the eyes of the blind and teach the truth of God's word so it's applicable for daily living, whereby the hearers will come up to God's center living for themselves and their families. This is our vision and our mission. So we want to say welcome. Uh, whatever platform that you're watching us on or listening by, whether it be podcasts or YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, live we just want to say welcome and we don't take this lightly that you would be uh, a part of our um, broadcast today so thank you so much um, we want to get right into the word uh, if you would join me over in ephesians chapter 5 starting at verse 11 and while you're turning over there <clears throat> we always like to give shout outs so we, um, if you have a birthday or an anniversary this month, please, please let us know so we can give you a shout out. Um, I know um, uh, Sister Keisha Thomas, she had a birthday, so happy birthday, Keisha. Uh, I, I pray and trust that you had a great birthday, and we wish you many more. Uh, also on, uh, on our prayer list, we want you to continue to pray for uh, Urban Arnold, Cheryl Borders, anyone else that uh, needs prayer, please make sure you let us know. And uh, and I always say all the time, you don't have to be in dire straits to need prayer. Amen. So I mean, it could be the smallest thing or it could be the largest thing. But if you if you want us to join join you in prayer, please please let us know so we can do so. Amen. All right. So by now you should be over in Ephesians chapter five, and we'll start at verse number eleven. Ephesians. Chapter 5, starting at verse number 11. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, <clears throat> so it may differ from yours. And then I may go over to the Message Bible for a particular reason. So, <clears throat> here it goes. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you, are, you who are asleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you are circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise as the wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, let me go over to the Message Bible because 
I want you to to hear this translation. It's going to be quite interesting to you, and then we'll unpack it. Watch this in the Message Bible. Don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. And it's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Man, isn't that something? So, So for a little while today, I just want to talk about running out of time running out of time. In 2003, Carl Franklin, he directed a uh, American mystery thriller film starring one of my favorite actors, Denzel Washington, titled Out of Time. Um, Denzel's character was entangled in all kinds of bad decisions and dysfunctional relationships. And, but eventually what winds up happening is his character beats the clock and set his life back, you know, back in order before his time ran out. And so I I want us to get to an understanding that some of us, we're running out of time. Really, all of us are running out of time. And, And so how do we value the time and how do we set our lives back in order? Um, to to do that. And so I I wanna unpack this just for just for a minute or two. But 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 before we even get to that, I wanna I wanna tell you first of all, how do you protect your time? Because there's something important about time. Time is the most valuable commodity in the earth realm. It is the most valuable commodity in the earth realm. It's amazing that um People say, well, you can't get time back, but the Bible clearly says that you can redeem the time. You can, so you can, you can get, so here's the thing. You may not be able to get that time back, but you can get more time. I'm going to say that again. You may not be able to get the time back, but you can get more time. So when you're redeeming time, you're just getting more time as opposed to um, a cutoff of where you are. Uh, I think about uh, the biblical story when the prophet was uh, was leaving, and then the, the the man said, "Well, hey, look, um, remind the Lord of all the things that I've done." The prophet came back, and the Lord gave him some more time. So, so we can redeem time. We see it now. So, so here's how we protect our time. This is critical. Here's number one. The first thing is you got to know your purpose. The first thing is you've got to know your purpose. So if you if you're gonna if if you're going to to redeem your time, you've got to know your purpose. That's the first thing. The second thing is you got to understand your passion. You got to understand your passion. What happens a lot of time is that people have a passion for things, but they don't quite understand it. So as a result, they waste a lot of time because they're not pursuing it in the manner that they they need to, or they're they're abusing it in such a sense so that they're not able to do it. So number one, know your passion. I mean, your purpose. Number two, understand your passion. But number three is you got to be strategic with your priorities. You got to be strategic with your priorities. So we can't get to the point where we're all over the place. 
We got to make sure if you're going to be all over the place, you got to be strategic in that. If you're getting multiple streams of income or if you're in multiple streams of 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 um, work that you're doing for the community or for ministry or even in your profession, it has to be very strategic in the sense of doing that. We're not doing things just to be doing it. We saw that right in the message Bible. Um, the the where it says here, let me go back to it. Where it says here, um, don't waste your time on useless work or mere busy work. See, some of us, we're doing a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have any real significance. We do a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have any real significance. So we have to be very strategic about our priorities. And the way that you're able to be strategic about your priorities is that what? You got to understand your passion. And the only way that you can really understand your passion is you got to know your purpose. Y'all see how that stacked up? So you know your purpose, and from knowing your purpose, then it's easier to understand your passion because that's the fuel for your purpose. So your passion is the fuel for your purpose. And then from there, you can be strategic in your priorities. Man, that's some good teaching there. I don't know if it's helping y'all, but I promise you it is helping me. So let's go back over here to, to um, verse number 11. And, know, and have no fellowship with unfruitful works have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them but rather expose them so let's talk about some truths here so here's truth number one here's truth number one evaluate how you spend your time evaluate how you spend your time you have to get to a, a, a real understanding of how am I spending my time am I maximizing my time Am I doing the things that, that I really need to do? What, what, what am I doing with my time? A lot of, in a lot of instances, we really, 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 we really spend um, a lot of time doing what, what we just said in that message translation, busy work or things that are really have no effect or no significance or has no value. And so we have to start now evaluating how we're spending our time. Are we maximizing it? Are we um, getting the fullness of it? Are, are we spending time with the ones that we need to spend time with? Are we spending time with God? How much time are we spending time with God? You, so, so we still have to start evaluating that. Every day you should take a clear evaluation. When you lay your head down, you ought to be saying to yourself like, Man, you know, what did I do today? Was I was I really effective? Did I use every moment like I needed to use it? Um, and so when you start to evaluate that, watch this. When you start to evaluate your time, then guess what you start to do? You also start to evaluate your actions. I'm going to say that again. When you start to evaluate your time, then it also causes you to start now evaluating your actions. Why? Because your actions coincide or they or they they go hand in hand with your time because when you start evaluating your time then you're evaluating what am i doing with my time and so when you're evaluating what you're doing with your time then you're actually also evaluating your actions and if it's something that's meaningless if it's something that doesn't line up with the will of god or the word of god then it causes you now to start evaluating and saying hey i've got to get rid of that Y'all got it? So so you got to, first of all, you got to evaluate your time. That's why it says there's no fellowship with unfruitful work of darkness. And so when you look at this text, a lot of times people think that that's just about sin. No, it ain't just about sin. It is about sin, but it's more than just sin. 
Because here's the thing, you have to get to a point too of if it's not doing the will of God, then it's still unfruitful. It's still unfruitful. Let's go a little bit deeper. Watch this, verse, verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Here's, here's, here's Revelation truth number two. Destructive living is designed to steal your time. Destructive living is designed to steal your time. You hear me say this week in and week out, and I'm going to continue to say this, that the devil cannot, he cannot derail you. He cannot defeat you. The only thing he can do is deter you. And so when we do all this destructive stuff in our lives, it's just really designed to steal time. So when we, we get into bad relationships or we go into bad business deals or we go into things that are outside our purpose and we take bad jobs or we do bad business deals or we, um, we just do all these different things, all it does is it, it just is designed really to steal your time, to consume your time. And, and then what winds up happening is the things that you really need to be doing, you're not doing. And if you're not doing it, then you're outside the will of God. And if you're outside the will of God, then you're not really hitting the purpose mark that you need to. Y'all got that? And so when you get to the point where you start just, man, just, you know, living reckless and foul, that really, that really, it steals all of your time. Have you ever been on a space or in a place or a time when you know you weren't just living right at all? You were just living real foul. When you go back and you look at uh, at your at, at the, the sum total of your life during that period, you will recognize and find out that you didn't do anything really productive. Why? Because you were spending your time with just destructive living. And so now you've lost that time. And so it's difficult for you to get it back. You can't get that time back. But what you have to do is pray and say, well, Lord, give me some more time. And I promise you, when you give me more time, I'm going to, to use it to your glory, and I'm going to make sure I do the things that you have called me to do. But destructive living is designed to steal your time. So I'm telling you, when you find yourself in the funk, when you find yourself starting to do some stuff that you know is out of character, doesn't line up with the word and that kind of stuff, then start looking at your time and, and see how productive you are. You're going to start missing work, or if you got your own business, you're not producing anything, um, or, or if you're a part of an organization, then you're not giving them as much time. If you're part of a ministry, you're not doing as much as you used to do. Why? Because destructive living is designed to steal your time. I told you time is what one of the most valuable commodities in the earth realm. Watch this. Let's go a little bit deeper. Watch verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who are asleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, but as the wise, but as the wise. Watch this. So, so here's number three. I'm going to spend a little time on this. Always turn exposure into illumination. Always turn exposure into illumination. 
I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care what's happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter. You use whatever bad experience that you've had. You use whatever embarrassing moment or embarrassing situation, whether it be at work, whether it be with your family, whether it be in a relationship or whatever the case may be. Turn that exposure into illumination. What do you mean, Pastor? So now, if, if I've done something that's out of order, or or if I'm if I've missed the mark with the Lord, then once it's exposed, then guess what? I don't waddle in it. What I do is I use it as illumination. So now I use that and say, okay, you won't catch me with that again. It may be something else, but it won't be that. I'm, but it's, it's illuminated in my mind. It's illuminated in my thinking and in my spirit. So as a result, that's something that I will not do anymore. You will not take my time. You will not take my purpose. You will not deter and, and, and simmer down my passion and my faith. And so when you get to that point, when you understand, when you know that um, that something has been exposed in your life, then you use that as illumination. Don't 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 be in shame. Don't be in pride. What you do is you say, OK, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to continue to do what it is that I know I've been called to do. Some of the most successful people in the world is that they use what, what the world calls failure and they turn it into success. They use it as fuel. Every time you miss the mark, you ought to be saying to yourself, you know what, that's it. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure that that won't happen again. And I'm going to do the best that I can in that particular area. Once you pass the test, then you go on to the next one. But you always got to turn exposure into illumination. You got it? All right, watch this. Verse 16, my last one. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. My last truth here. There is no time to waste. There is no time to waste. Let me tell you something. We are basically in the last days. And I know you hear people say that and, and they talk about it, but I mean, you just look at it. The, the rumor wars, the, the, you know, how men have become lovers of themselves, how, um, you know, children are, are, are not, um, are rebellious to their parents. I mean, you know, just, you don't know the seasons, uh, so when you start to look at all that stuff, we, we're living in the last days. We're living in the end times. Now, will you see it? I don't know. But but I'm going to live every day like it's the last day on earth. I'm going to say that again. You got to live every day as if it's the last day on earth. When I, when I put my head on the pillow, man, that's it. I, I ain't nothing left. Why? Because I'm trying to make sure there's an old coaching or old athletic um, analogy. I'm going to leave everything on the field. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave anything. I'm gonna have no energy left at the end of the day. I don't want to be like Miles Monroe um, says all the time. The richest place in the earth realm is is basically the cemetery because people have left books, purpose, things, all kind of things. Uh, they took it with them when they when they go on to glory. I don't want to do that. I want to leave everything here so that I've done all I can do and I've made a mark that cannot be erased. And so I have no time to waste. It's the same way with you. Don't waste your time. If you know that you've been called to do something, find out what it is and then you just work on it and you just work on it. You work on it. Don't try to be someone else. You just be who God has called you to be and spend your time on that. And when you get to a point where you don't waste time and you're very efficient with your time, you'll find out that you'll have so much more 
um, ability to do the things that you really want to do. But there's no time to waste because tomorrow is not promised to you. You remember, I, I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks ago that we taught a message called Searching for Tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised to you. So don't live today. Live every day like it's your last day. And I don't mean like you gone wild. I mean, live every day like, you know what, man, I'm going to have to go see the Lord tomorrow. And so I want to make sure that I've got everything in order when I go, whether it be my thoughts, my deeds, whatever the case may be. So let me give you five things to, uh, five ways to really redeem your time. I'm going to give you five things you need to do to redeem your time. Here's my points of connection for you. And then I'll leave you alone. Here's number one. Forget your past and pursue your future. Forget your past and pursue your future. We get to a point sometimes that we get so locked up. We get so locked up in, in um, what we've done in the past. And you hear me say this all the time. And you hear me say it later on um, in this, this broadcast. But we get so caught up in what we've done that we can't forgive ourselves or we can't talk about it or we're reliving the past all the time. No, that's it. It's over. We go on to the next thing. We start to pursue our future. I mean, that's either good or bad. Sometimes we live in the past because, we, you know, we, we had this great run, this, you know, and we got all this nostalgia. And so we talking about what we did when we were in the seventh grade. No, no, you have to get to a point where you, you can forget that or you can, you can relish it to a certain extent, but you got to forget it and you got to go on and pursue your future, especially if it's something bad. If it's something bad, use that time, illuminate, remember it, um, learn from it, but then you start to pursue your future. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is let destiny drive your decisions. Let destiny drive your decisions. So don't make your decisions on just um, just some random stuff because I'm feeling a certain way or I see someone else doing something. Uh, the, la the, the worst thing that you can do is you do something because somebody else is doing something. You've heard me say this before. Um, back in the day uh, where I'm from, sometimes you would see people trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mr. Jones, he buys a Cadillac. So guess what? Whether you can afford one or not, you buy one. Or 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 Mrs. Jones decided they're going to move um, into a new house. And so guess what? Whether you can move or afford it to be in that neighborhood or not, you do it. Why? Because you're just trying to keep up. No, no. What you do is you let your destiny drive your decisions. Don't just pick up and move and go to another city just because you want to. You're feeling that. No, you better make sure that your destiny is taking you there. Don't just decide that you're going to start a business or don't just decide you're going to work in another pos uh, another position or another place just because. Let your destiny you know, really decide your decision. And then, ooh, okay, I'll say that too, Holy Ghost. Don't get to a point where you get stuck somewhere because you just feel obligated or you just feel like, okay, I made this decision, so now I got to stay here. No, you be led by the Holy Ghost. You be led by God. You be led by the word. And then if you, and, and, and see, when you do that, then your destiny is before you. And then you can make the decisions based upon your destiny. It's driving you. You've got to. So, and when you understand that and recognize that, you can be so much better. Number three, operate as the owner of your time. 
operate as the owner of your time. Let me tell you something. Don't let nobody consume all of your time. Don't let nobody, you heard me say that again. Don't let someone consume all of your time. Better yet, don't let some things consume all of your time. You know, I see people all the time, man. They just hanging out and hanging out, hanging out. And I'm like, you spending hours and hours and hours of doing nothing. Now, yeah, you may be relaxing. You may be kicking it, and it's all well and fine. But that means you haven't done anything productive. So we have to understand and know you got operators to own. Don't let somebody else own your time. The only other person that should own your time is God. And God, and, and he gives you free will. So he allows you to do what you want to do. Isn't that something? The only person who has the real right to own your time is the one who gives you the most free will to use your time. So you have to become the, the owner and operator of your time. That's, that's a way to, condemn, to, to, to redeem it. Number four, use activities to add value to your life. Use activities to add value to your life. Don't, man, don't. Don't get to the point where you get consumed with activities that waste your time and it don't add value. I'll tell you in a heartbeat, if, it, if it's really not adding value to my life, I ain't really trying to do it. Not at all. Why? Because it, it, it's designed really to steal my time. And then the whole time I'm thinking about there's something else that I can do. Have you ever been doing an activity and you said, man, I really could be doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's a good indication that, you know what? You know, that activity that you're involved in is really not adding the value that you would want. So you have to understand and recognize that you have to start getting activities. And then you have to be very, you remember I talked about being strategic in your priorities. You have to be or get to a point where you recognize and understand what's adding value in your life. Now, should you have rest? Yes, rest is a part of it. Some of us who like to grind, 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 we don't understand what rest really looks like. And we, you know, we use all these cliches, well, I'll rest when I get to heaven. Okay, all right, I'll rest when I get to heaven. No, you need to be resting here so you can get to heaven. So we have to start recognizing how do we get these activities to add value to our life? And then when you do it, and this is something that I work on, I have to work on personally, is that when you're in a space, be in a space. Whew, say that again, Pram. When you're in a space, be in a space. So if you're supposed to be relaxing, be relaxed. Don't get to the point where you all consume with something else because technically you're not there. So you have to understand and know that when you engage in these activities, find you some activities that would allow you to rest. Find some activities that would allow you to work on your self-help um, or, or your physical health. Always find activities that's going to add value to your life. And when you get a routine and when you start getting activities that's adding value, your life will be so much better. And then the, five word, the fifth way to redeem your time is subject yourself to divine influence. Subject yourself to divine influence. And what do you mean by that, Pastor? You have to get to a point where you let God influence what it is that you need to do. And when you start to do that, when you subject yourself, when you say, you know what? Okay, God, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. I promise you, I promise you, when you start to live like that, you're going to live the best life you've ever had. 
You know, people always use the term, yeah, I'm living my best life. Now, now, if you want to really live your best life, become subjective to divine influence. Let God start to influence what you do, how you do it, when you do it, and where you do it. And when you get to that point, then that's when you're able to truly redeem your time. And that's when you start to live really your best life. I promise you, no doubt about it. Well, that's it. Believe it or not, I'm trying to do better about my time. Come on, join me in prayer. Father, we thank you now for another opportunity to be in your word. God, I just thank you that as we, we understand our mission here on earth, God, that as some of us are running out of time, God, we're going to make sure that we do exactly what it is that you called us to do, God. And Father, we thank you now that we're constantly evaluating what we should be doing according to your word, God. And Father, we thank you that we're going to pursue the things that you have ordained for our life and we subject ourselves to your divine word and your divine Holy Spirit, God. And so, Father, we bless you now for the full manifestation of what your word says. And when it's all said and done, we won't take any credit for it, but we'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor in Jesus' name. So, uh, like I say every week, man, I promise you, I'm not out of word. I'm really just out of time. But I want to do this. I would be remiss because we're on several different platforms. And I don't want to just make the assumption that everyone um, on, this, on this broadcast is a born-again born believer or that they're in right standing or that they have a church home. So let me make three quick appeals before I leave you. Um, here's the first appeal. You may have never, ever remember of time of asking Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible declares over in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. So if you know that you've never, ever uh, asked Christ in as your personal Lord and Savior, this first appeal is for you. Secondly, you may be in here today and you may say, well, uh, uh, Pastor, I'm I'm saved, but but um, I'm not in right standing. Got good news for you. The Bible declares that he's married to the backslider. It also says that what he holds in his hand, no man can pluck him out. I say it all the time, and I just said it earlier, that I don't care what you did in the past. It doesn't matter. It's about what you're going to do right now. What kind of decision are you going to make for your future? God hadn't left anywhere. He's just waiting around you. Right on you for you to come back so he can restore you. I can't restore you, but God can. It's almost like over in Luke chapter 15 when the younger son spent all of his living and he came back. The father didn't shun him. What he did was he embraced him. It's the same way God is going to do the same thing to you. He's going to embrace you and bring you back into the kingdom if you need to be back in right standing. And third and finally, uh, you may say, well, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm in right standing. But man, look, I'm in the Birmingham area. And I have been looking for a church home. Man, I watch you, and I just really like the practical teaching. Uh, it really blesses me. It helps me become a better family member, a better employee, a better business owner, a better community leader. And I just believe that God is leading me to Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham. I promise you, I can't think of a better place um, to go. So if you know that you need a church home and you're in the Birmingham area, this third appeal is for you for church membership. Or you may say, well, you know what, Pastor, look, I'm not in the Birmingham area, but man, I would love to be a part of this ministry for the same reasons that you just said. Well, 
uh, like I say every week, we'll love on you, we'll pray for you, we'll cover you, uh, we'll hold you accountable to the word, we'll make sure that we bring you in with Christian fellowship. And so if you want to be a part of our online campus, we have online members. If you want to be a part of our online campus, this third appeal is also for you. So first for salvation, second to be restored, third and finally, if you need a church home, whether you're in the uh, Birmingham area or you're abroad and you want to be a part of our online campus, these three appeals are for you. And so you can you can join a couple of ways. Um, you can either email me at pastorprim at wolcc.us, pastorprim at wolcc.us. You'll see it on the ticker uh, below my name. Or you can just simply put whatever platform that you're in, you can simply put um, change. And we'll make sure that we reach out to you and we will minister to you uh, appropriately. So pastorprim at wolcc.us. Or you can simply put change in uh, whatever platform that you're on. You may say, well, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm, I'm good on, on all the other appeals, but I just need prayer. Same way, you can you can email me right there at pastorprim at wolcc.us. Or you can simply put prayer in the chat, uh, the chat box. And we'll make sure that we reach out to you. And if you feel comfortable in putting what you need prayer for, we'll do it right there on the spot. But we definitely will reach out to you. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. We don't take it lightly. We pray that you'll be back with us. The Lord say the same uh, on whatever platform that you're viewing or listening to us to um, by. Um, and so I always say every week, you know, finish your course, fight a good fight. But most of all, keep the faith. So make sure you do that and have a phenomenal week until next week. Take care and be blessed. Bye bye. of monitoring time, there, there are three reasons why we use time clocks. Here's the first reason. The first reason is, is to ensure that wages are correct. That's the first thing, is to ensure that wages are correct. Here's the second reason why we use time clocks, and this, this is going to be real relevant. It's, it's going to be good to you. To ensure and document a proper number of employees are working for safety precautions. To ensure and document a proper number of employees are working for safety precautions. So if, you, if you've ever worked in industry or assembly lines or any, anything of that matter, you have to have so many people working um, to ensure that there's safety precautions. So in other words, a factory or a plant can't run unless so many people are actually working the machines and doing what they need to do. Because if there's if it's um, understaffed, then it really becomes a safety hazard or a safety precaution. So when you use the time clock, you're able to now justify and document that, hey, we had X amount of people working at this time or doing this time. Um, um, even in, in, in the school business, because I'm a school guy, um, you know, you have to have so many teachers or so many personnel per students. Even if you go on a, a field trip, you got to have so many chaperones per student. So, so it's, it's to ensure and document a proper number of employees working for safety precautions. I, I'm going somewhere with this. And then the third reason you use time clocks is to monitor uh, monitor productivity analytics. 
So you can't understand or know what you're producing unless you have a way to document. So what we do is we use the time clock to be able to say, hey, uh, one person should be able to produce X amount of things. So if that person is working eight hours, then they should be able to produce X amount of things, right? So then that means if I've got 20 people, then they should be able to produce this. And so that's how they're able to get their productivity analytics based upon your time. So, so, so you say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do in the spirit realm? Glad you asked. Well, here's the thing. When, when, when God is actually looking at what we're doing, um, he, well, let me, let me do it this way. Let me do it this way. I think it's, it's better to, to roll this way. I'm going to come back to that. Watch this. Here, let me, let, me, let me give you the work mirror. And what I mean by work mirror, I'm going to show you the example of, of, of natural, practical things as opposed to the spirit. So, so here's what I mean. Here's the work mirror. So when you, when you work a position, you have what they call a job description, right? That's what you have, a job description at your workplace. Well, your job description in the kingdom is, is, is really the same as your calling. Whew. I'm going to say that again. Your job description, what you see in the natural is like your calling in the spirit room. So your, your calling is exactly what it is that you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be doing it, how often you should be doing it, so forth. And so on. It might even talk about some of the requirements, but 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 that's that's your calling. Um, and, and so sometimes we get to a point that we're not really fulfilling our calling or our job description. Ooh, say that again, Prem. So sometimes in the spirit realm, we are not fulfilling the job description or the calling that God has for us. Remember right over here in Matthew chapter 28, where he gave all of us the great commission. So it's not just for a specific number of folks. It's for everyone in the kingdom. All of us have a job to do. All of us have a specific job description or all of us have a, what I call a specific calling. So we have to understand and recognize that, that we have to have, um, a calling and we have to walk in that calling or we have to carry out that calling. So that's the first, that's the first thing. The second is a job title. So all of us in our everyday vocation, we have a job title. Well, your job title is also mirror in the spirit as your purpose. Yeah, yeah, your job title is mirrored in the spirit as your purpose. So all of us have different purposes, just like we have different titles uh, on, in the workplace. We all have different purposes. Now, now your title uh, reflects what your purpose is. I'm going to say it again. Your title reflects what your purpose is. So, so that's why the job description, your calling is so important. Oh, man. OK, so let me let me give you an example. So so for you, um, you business folks, so we have a lot of business people that come on here. So you may be uh, all of you at your particular workplace may be considered as accountants, accountant one, accountant two, whatever you're, you're accountants. So that's your job title. So we all have the job title of accountant. However, one person may do payroll, another person may do accounts payable. You see what I'm saying? Another person may be in auditing. So even though we have the title of accountant, 
Our job description or our calling is something different. So in the spirit realm, so all of us, we have a purpose. So, but we might be believers, but our calling, our job description might be different. Woo, say it, Prim. So that means that we are all believers, but my title is pastor. So guess what? My job description indicates what I should be doing. I should be teaching. I should be witnessing. I should be um, uh, leading folks into the kingdom and, and teaching them how to, to walk out their lives. Well, yours may be, you may be a deacon or you may be uh, a lay member or whatever the case may be, but there is a specific calling on your life and it's up to you to figure out what it is. So we got a job description, which matches your calling. You have a job title, which is your purpose. And let me just say this, man. Okay, God, I'm going to say it just like you told me. It's going to be more than deacons and preachers in hell. All right. And, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of times people feel like if you have the title of minister or pastor or deacon or this or that, then there's this uh, a greater sense of um, of where uh, of what God's going to hold you. Now, God's going to hold you accountable according to to really three things, you know, the Lamb's Book of Life, the Book of Deeds and the Bible. Those are the three things that he judged all men by. But he's also going to look at your job description. What is your calling? And he's going to also look at your job title. But the but the specific is your calling and your purpose. That's what God is looking for. So whether you're the pastor or whether you're the lay member, God has some specific things for each one of us to do. And it's up to us to realize and recognize what it is. So here's the third thing. So I talked about the job description, which is your call in the spirit. Job title, which is your purpose in the spirit. And third and finally, wages. Wages. And that's why I wanted to do this so I could circle back to the three reasons for a time clock. But, but, but wages. So in the spirit realm, your wages are two things, provisions and blessings, provisions and blessings. So, so God's going to provide for us. He provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God provides everything for us. The Bible also says that he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed seen begging for bread. God's going to always provide for us. That's, 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 th those are our wages. Um, I had a, 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 one of my mentors and a former board member who would always say an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. Um, and so, so, so what happens is, is that God is blessing us each and every day. He's given us provisions each and every last day. That's your wages for, for whatever it is that you're doing. But then also the provisions, but then also God gives you blessings. He gives you these bonuses. See, God is, 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 he requires himself to give you provisions. But he adds on these bonuses, which are blessings. You know, blessed is means to be empowered, to prosper. So he gives you this ability, these bonuses uh, as a part of your wages. So you got provisions of what you meet every day, day in and day out. You know, like your, your food, your clothes. Um, your house. Um, those are provisions. God gives you a car, things that you need that are essential every day. And then God gives you some blessings. He gives you the ability, some disposable income or uh, being able to do some things outside of what the provisions are. But those are 
the wages. And while I'm just here, let me just do the flip side for the wages of sin is death. So, so if you want to live that kind of lifestyle, then guess what? You get a wage for that too, but it ain't going to be no blessing. It's going to be death. So, so we have the job description, which is your calling, job title, which is your purpose and wages, which is your provisions and blessings. Now, let me boogaloo back to the time clocks so I can talk about um, how it all ties in. So remember, I said that one of the reasons was to ensure wages are correct, the time clock. So guess what? <clears throat> so you said, well, well, Pastor, what's 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 the time clock for for me? What's 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 the time clock for for believers? Well, here's one right here, the Bible. So 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 God really He looks at what you're doing in here. Here's your job description. <laughs> Uh, here's your job title. All this stuff is right here in this employee manual because that's what the Bible is, is employee manual. But 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 when we do the things that we're supposed to be doing, then guess what? We're going to be blessed accordingly. We're going to be blessed with our provisions. Let me tell you something, because the more vision you have or the more things that you have to do, the more provisions God's going to give you. I'm going to say that again. The more things that you have to do, the more provisions God is going to give you. And then also you, you saw the second reason I said was to ensure to document the proper number of employees are working for safety precaution. God needs, you know, the Bible talks about how the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God needs folks to, to, to work in the kingdom. We don't have enough people working. Uh, I, I was at my my favorite little chicken joint yesterday, and there was a guy out there panhandling, and so they had to run him off. And everyone in the in the building was talking about this guy's talking about he need worker. He said, "Man, you can't you can't find people to work now. Folks don't even want to work." So he's like, "Man, you know you ought to be able to get a job now. You can't give us that excuse that you want to work, but you can't find a job." But, but I say all that to say is that it's the same way in the kingdom. It's the same way. You Same way in organizations and communities and, and, and cities and municipalities that, that nobody really wants to put in the effort to work. And the ones that are, they just running ragged. Why? Because they're trying to do the work of other folks. But what that does is it creates a safety hazard. Ooh, that's good, Prim. It, it, it creates a safety hazard in the spirit when we got um, just a few people working in the kingdom when you need more people working. So so it, I, I'm admonishing you today, if you're not a part of your local church, then you need to start doing something. You say, oh, well, Pastor, we're not back in yet. Okay, well, good. Call the pastor and ask him, what can you do until y'all get back? How can you be a blessing? If you're in an organization, don't just be a lay member. Don't just be sitting there. Find out what you can do. What committee can you be on? What can you do to do it? If you're not a part of any organization or whatever, then you ask God, say, what can I do in my neighborhood? How can I help uh, at the local school or whatever the case may be? But, but when we have the proper number of folks working, then what it does is it allows it to be more of a safe environment. And then remember the third thing it was, I said, is to monitor productivity analytics. And so the more folks we have working, then we're able to, God is really able to monitor and know how he's doing in the earth. Now, even though he knows all and he sees all and he knows before it happens, 
we still have free will. And so he's able to monitor that. So now let's let's then. So I did all of that to set something up. So let's go over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting at verse number 13, I think. John chapter 14 at verse 13. And I'm going to try to get another version of that um, so that we can, uh, in the message, the message Bible as you, as you turn there. John chapter 14, starting at verse number 13. Okay, good. I got it. All right. I know y'all have got it too. All right. So let me read from the New King James Version, and then I'm going to read from the Message Version, and then we're going to unpack it, all right? Um, so John 14 at 13. So here's what Jesus, if you've got a red letter Bible, you see it. And sometimes when you're doing it digital, it may not show it up as red, but this is Jesus talking, right? So he's having this conversation, and, and then when we get to verse 13... Well, man, I got to, um, I got to start at verse seven. I'm sorry. I got to read the pretext for you to get there. So let me start at seven, but I'll start unpacking about 12 or 13. If you had known me, you would have known my father also for now on you, um, for now on, you know, him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you yet have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so can you say, show us the Father. Now here it is, Philip's been walking with him all this time. But yet it's still, he didn't even recognize who he was with. The Bible talks about know them that, that labor among you. So some of us, we, 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 we with our family members, some of us are with church members, some of us are, are with co-workers, and we've been with them, and we don't even recognize who we with. Some of us, we don't even value uh, who we're with and who we're working with and who we're walking with. The Bible talks about how many have entertained angels unaware. Some of y'all are working with some angels. Some of y'all got some angels in your household. Some of you got some angels in your organization. You don't even realize that they are among you. So you need to start assessing and evaluating those that you labor with. They, I'm not preaching on that, but I just thought I'd throw it out one in for free. But in verse 10, do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not in my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Let me just say this. I'm throwing this one in for free for some business folks uh, or, or these corporate people that may be watching that, you know what, when, when, when you are in a leadership position, but you may be middle management and there are some people above you, the folks below you need to understand and recognize that, hey, when you speak, you're speaking in the authority of the folks that are uh, above you. They give you the authority to do that. And so when you, so, so not to the point where you, yeah, well, I want to talk to the supervisor. I want, have you ever noticed that? That people never want to talk to you. 
They got an issue with you, but they don't even want to talk to you. They want to talk to your supervisor without even trying to work it out first and not knowing that you are talking to the supervisor because the, the, op- the authority that I'm operating in and under is the person that you're trying to see. I got to keep going, but, but, but I hope you get that in the spirit. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me that for the sake of the works themselves. Now, here's where we go. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So Jesus is saying here, I've, I've done some stuff now. I've done some great stuff. But you're going to do even more. Can you imagine in reading the word, all these things that Jesus did and he's saying that we're going to do greater works than him? Watch this. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Watch this. Now, let's, let's see what the, the Message Bible says. Watch this. The Message Bible. Believe me, I'm in the Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I am doing, but even greater things because I am on the way to the Father and giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it for now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That how the Father will be seen for you, he is in the Son. I mean, whatever you request, this way, I'll do. So he's so so you see you see the parallel you see over in Matthew chapter twenty eight when he gave them the great commission to do what he had called them to do, and then he comes right back here in, in, in John chapter fourteen and says that now I've given you a commission, but the stuff that I've been doing, you're gonna even do greater works than that. And, and, and so so let me let me give you some truths here to kind of help you understand this so here's truth number one god depends on us to do his work in the earth god depends on us to do his work in the earth and you see that in verse 12 because he says i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also so we're going to do what god has called us to do and what he what jesus is doing here in the earth for him and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So he said, look, I got to go. So you got to take my place. You got to continue. That's that great commission. Right? So God depends on us to do his work in the earth. So if you haven't been doing what you know that you've been called to do, you need to start doing it. It's time for you to clock in. You've got to, you've got to now get in. You've got to figure out what it is that God has called you to do. You find it and you start to do it. The reason why a lot of people are miserable in their lives and, and, they, and, they, and they really give everybody else all kind of Hades is because really they're frustrated in the spirit. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing or what they've been called to do or they know what they've been called to do, but they don't want to do it or they're afraid to do it. So as a result, they just sit around and do nothing. But God is depending on us to do his work in the earth realm. Revelation truth number two. God will help you. Just ask him. God will help you 
Just ask him. You see that in verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If, you, if you're trying to do something, just ask God. The challenge is sometimes we try to do everything on our own without asking God for the help. And I don't mean, don't get to the point where you like Peter, you drowning. <laughs> ask him ahead of time. Say, Lord, I'm getting ready to, 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 to go into this endeavor, but I need your help. I don't want to walk in this thing alone. I don't want to walk on the water alone. I want to know already. I don't want you to just bid me to come. I want you to walk with me. But, 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 but God will help you, but you have to ask. That's truth number two. And then Revelation truth number three. There is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still power in the name of Jesus. Watch this in verse 14. It says, and if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The Bible talks about that there's no other name that's more powerful than the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about it at that knee, at that name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. The Bible talks about it being his name being the, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And so when we recognize and understand the power of the name of Jesus, we can flow a whole lot better. Now, now you you know, I am the, the, the teacher extraordinaire. I like to do... Um, you know, step one, two, three, key one, two, three, so forth and so on. But one thing for sure that I know for sure that there's power in the name of Jesus. I understand and recognize his redeeming power. I, I recognize that. So don't ever get it twisted that this is just a seminar every Sunday. No, no. The, the, the purpose of all of this of what we do is Jesus is him crucified. Um, you know, uh, him being buried, him rising again. And now because of that, we're able to live um, not just now, but forevermore. And so when we recognize how much power that's in this name, then we can start doing things in his name. Let me say it again. And when we start to recognize the power of his name, then we will really start to do things in his name. And the more we start to do in his name, then you'll understand the power of his name. Um, that's why if you've ever heard me pray for an extended period of time, I'm constantly saying in the name of Jesus, in the name that's above all other names. Why? Because I understand and recognize the power of the name of Jesus. But when we recognize that that's, that's your supervisor, that's the one that gives you the authority to do what it is that you need to do. You remember when the, the seven sons of Sceva, when they went out and they tried to cast out devils in, 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 in uh, Jesus' name. And, and so the, the devil skint them up and, and stripped them naked. And then they came back and they couldn't understand. And, and so even when they got ready to try to cast out the demons, the demons said, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. But basically, who are you? You understand? And so when you go in that name, you got to you got to make sure that you rest in that, that the father, just like Jesus said in that text, the father is in me. You got to understand and recognize that he is in me and you are in him. But there's still power in the name of Jesus. So let me let me send you home with this. 
So how do I connect this, Pastor? How do I connect? Uh, I know you said it's time for me to clock in. It's time for me to do the work. How do I, how do I connect all of that? Well, first of all, you got to have some real attributes of a true worker. There's some required attributes. This is going to help you naturally and spiritually. So here's the first thing. You got to be punctual. You got people that, man, they, they always late. They 15 minutes early and they want to leave 30 minutes. They 15 minutes late and they want to leave 30 minutes early. I'm going to say that again. They 15 minutes late and then they want to leave 30 minutes early. You got to be punctual. Or you have an assignment and the assignment was due last week and now you just you just bringing it in. No, 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 no. So you got to be punctual. So it's the same way in the spirit realm. When, when God gives you an assignment, you got to be timely in the assignment. When God wants you to be in a certain place or to be at a certain level, then you need to be there in that time. Why? Because God is a God of, of, of time consciousness. He, you know, he, he can do the Kairos. In other words, he can he can assign, he can move time, he created time, he can do it however he wants to do it. But but he's a God of order. And so he loves punctuality. And so we have to, if we're gonna be really effective workers in the kingdom, then we have to be punctual in the spirit. That's the first thing. The second thing is professional. I mean, even in your 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 regular vocation, you should be a professional person. So what do you mean? There should be a certain standard in terms of the way I dress. It should be a certain standard um, in the way that I articulate. It be, should be a certain standard in the way that I work with my team members, um, a certain decorum of how I deal with customers and clients. So that's professional. We have to be professional. It's the same way in the spirit realm. There's a, that, ooh, man, okay, I'll say it like that. There's a certain decorum I should have as a believer so that folks know, yeah, I might be having a good time, but people know it's still something about him. I know that he's a believer. I know that, that he's a part of the kingdom. Yeah, I could tell the way he dressed. Yeah, he kind of got some of the same swag that we got, but but I, it's just something about the fact that I, I, I know, you know, I, I know there's something about him. He he represents the kingdom. He's an ambassador. He uh, the, the the kingdom has a brand. You know, people's always people out here are always talking about brands, but the kingdom has a brand too. And so we have to start walking in and operating in the kingdom brand. And then the third thing is passion. Punctual, professional, passionate. When you have your job, you got to be passionate about it. If you ain't passionate about it, you need to find you something else. If you are not passionate about your job, you need to start looking for something else because if you're not passionate about it, then guess what? You're not going to give your all and all to it. So you have to get to a point where you become passionate about what it is that you do. And it's the same way in the kingdom. You got to be passionate about the kingdom. If I came here every Sunday um, and just was like, yeah, okay, I know I got to do this because it's Sunday, then then you wouldn't get anything out of it and then you wouldn't tune in. But because you, you could tell that there's an excitement, there's a passion for what I do, then you it represents the work that I'm called to do. It's the same way with you. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, be passionate about it and I guarantee you, you will get the, um, the rewards. So let me give these three points of connection. Let me land this plane. Here's the first point of connection. Turn your work into a calling. Turn your work into a calling, not just in the kingdom, but in everyday life. Whatever it is, whatever vocation that you have, 
turn that thing into a calling. And when you turn it into a calling, you'll start to look at it and view it differently than what you're currently doing. Some of us, we just go to our job every day and we work it just because it's a paycheck and, and it's security. But if you would start going to that job and you say, you know what, man, this, this, I'm called to do this. When you call to do something, then you get there early. You leave late. You have a passion. You are punctual. You are professional. Why? Because you recognize and know that I'm called to do this. And if I'm called to do it, I'm going to make sure I do it to the very, to the, to the very T of what I'm supposed to do. But turn your work into a call. Here's the second thing. Everything you do is recorded and evaluated. <laughs> Everything you do is recorded and evaluated. It's going to be in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's going to be in the Book of Deeds. Everything that you do, spiritually and naturally. Every time you go to your workplace, whether you know it or not, every time you log into your computer, every time you get on Facebook, they know that you're on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. They're recording that stuff. Every time you're on the phone and you call the people about your uh, hair appointment or you call them about issues with your car or they calling you about your car warranty, they're recording that stuff. Everything that you do is the same way with God. The Bible talks about how every idle word we speak, God's going to know it. And so it's the same way in the kingdom. Everything that we do is recorded and evaluated at the end of the day when it's time for us to go on to glory. And he starts looking at the book of deeds. You know, like, hey, you did this, you didn't do this. It's going to be recorded and evaluated. So just like it's in the natural, it's in the spirit. And third and finally, your reward is based on your work. So I said before, an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. So if you want God to really move, I'm talking about here in the earth room right now. If you want him to move, then start working. Clock in. Do some overtime. Do some things and then watch the wages line up with what it is that you're doing. I promise you, when you start to understand your work and your calling and your purpose, and when you start to do it with passion, I promise you, the wages that you will receive will be unsurmountable. And when you find that out, then you'll continue to do it over and over and over again. And guess what? You'll be running to go and clock in because you know it's time to go to work. Well, come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you now for another opportunity to get in your word. God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, God, that they will understand that it's time for them to clock in, God that they will continue to do the work that you've called them to do, not only naturally, but spiritually, Lord God. And Father, we pray now that they'll continue to walk in what it is that you've called them to do. And when it's all said and done, they won't take any credit for it, but they'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me do something really quick because I have several different platforms that we're on, Facebook, YouTube, uh, we're on a podcast, this may be a broadcast. And so I, I don't want to just take for granted that someone who's watching this on a timeline, that, that you are saved, that you, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to make three real quick appeals. The first appeal 
is that of salvation. The Bible declares over Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. So if you, if you can't ever remember a time of confessing Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this first appeal is, is for you. Secondly, you may say, well, you know what, Pastor, I'm saved, but man, I backslid. I got good news for you. The Bible declares he's married to the backslider. What God holds in his hand, no man can pluck him out. So over in Luke chapter 15, when the younger son had spent all of his money on riotous living, when he came back home broke, his father didn't, didn't shun him. What he said was, look, kill the fattest cow, get a ring, robe, shoes, and, and I want you to, to throw a big party because my son is back home. It's the same way with God. He's not going to treat you any differently. He's going to embrace you because you've come back home. So the second appeal is for those who, who have backslidden or you've turned away from God and you want to come back home. And then third and finally, you may say, well, you know what? Pastor, I'm saved. I'm in right standing. But man, I'm in the Birmingham area and I need a church home. Man, I've been watching you. And uh, and I just I love the teaching. It's a practical kind of teaching that I can live every day, uh, be a successful family member, be a successful and productive um, citizen in society. And I just believe that God has called me um, to this ministry. Come on. We've been waiting on you. So if you're in the Birmingham area and you want to be a part of Word of Life Community Church Greater Birmingham, this third appeal is for you. There's three A, but there's a three B, believe it or not. In 3B, you may say, well, hold on, Pastor. I'm, um, I'm saved. I'm in right standing, but I'm not in the Birmingham area. But I do want to be a part of this ministry. Thank God for technology. You can be a part of our online campus. We have online members. And guess what? We pray for them. We cover them with prayer. We instruct them. We counsel them. Uh, we work with them just as if they were in Birmingham. And so if you know that you want to be a part of this ministry, but you're just not in the Birmingham area, this appeal is also for you. You can be a part of our ministry. So first for salvation, secondly, to be restored. And third and finally, if you need a church home, whether you're in the Birmingham area or abroad, uh, these three appeals are for you. You can do two things, two ways you can do this. You can, on the ticker, you'll see uh, my email address. You can email me at pastorprim at wolcc.us pastorprim at wolcc.us or whatever platform that you're watching on you can just simply put it in the chat box you can put change um, and and we'll make sure that we minister to you appropriately we'll reach out to you and minister to you appropriately if you just want prayer you can do the same thing you can email us at pastorprim at wolcc.us or you can simply put in prayer or um, some people, they put in the, the prayer emoji, whatever the case may be, we'll reach out to you and we'll make sure that we um, pray appropriately for you. Amen. Well, look, beloved, thank you so much. I'm way over time and out of time, but thank you so much for tuning in. We pray that you, um, God say the same, that you will tune in on whatever platform that you were on today. And we'll be back here this same time. God say the same. But as I say every week, every week, finish your course, fight a good fight. But most of all, keep the faith. So until next week, you have a phenomenal, life-changing week. Amen. God bless you and see you next week.